Today's podcast is brought to you by Deep Crawl. Deep Crawl is the world's most comprehensive web crawler. Um, they have a really powerful technology to help you understand and monitor technical issues, basically to help you improve your SEO performance. Um, Deep Crawl enables search marketers to make websites more accessible, relevant, and effective. You can get a free trial today at deepcrawl.com/offer. That's deepcrawl.com/offer. Hi everyone, this is Lauren Baker, founder of Search Engine Journal. With me today, I have Raj Nijer from Yext. Please say hi, Raj, and take a chance to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and Yext. Hello, nerds. Uh, so my name is Raj. I work with Yext. Uh, I'm the VP of Community, and I also run uh, geomarketing.com, uh, which is also a newsroom from Yext. Excellent, excellent. So could you tell us a little bit more about Yext, what Yext is? what you do, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so Yext, uh, if you're thinking about Yext, uh, Yext really believes that um, for any brand, uh, they're in complete control of their digital knowledge. And the digital knowledge is people, places, products. And we want to make sure that digital knowledge is uh, everywhere. So if you think about a brand that has locations, that has uh, obviously a name, uh, address, phone, uh, hours, website. Uh, our mission is to make sure that brand is in control of that digital knowledge on properties like Google, uh, Bing, Yahoo, Yelp, and even apps like Uber, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, uh, and a multitude of other places where consumers interact with that brand while they're seeking to either buy something or discover a product or service. Got you. Amazing. Amazing. And that has to be really hot right now with the transition of, say, uh, desktop search over to mobile search, especially with location and, and map targeting, I would imagine. Yeah, I think uh, so. I mean, you think about everything's mobile now, right? Uh, right. Everything is on the go. Uh, I, and these are micro moments, as Google calls them. I want to buy. I want to know. I want to Basically, I want to I want to do something right now, and it's all about instant yeah. gratification. For us, uh, it's a secular movement where everything has shifted to mobile, if, if not already. But it's also pioneering new industries. Uh, the geospatial yeah. industry, as it's called, has given birth to uh, services like uh, Uber, Lyft. Uh, you know, even uh, you know, even industries like uh, dating. Tinder yeah. is uh, location based. If you think about one, probably one of the largest. Uh, location-based apps out there uh, and uh, it, as it gives birth to these new industries you know our our goal is to make sure that for brands uh, again their information is not just found but also accurate uh, I can tell you I, I travel a lot and uh, I can tell you countless amount of times when I call a phone number and I get the fax and if I call the fax I actually get the phone number in a live person uh, when I need to order something so uh, I think in terms of like what I've seen or what we've seen, uh, there was recently a Google study came out and talked about how much digital maps, just digital maps itself, uh, impacts sales around the world. And you know their their understanding of that was around 1.2 trillion in sales. And uh, you know if you think about it, it kind of makes sense uh, how much you use digital maps for. And these are digital maps that are not just on desktop anymore. It's Apple Maps, uh, Google Maps, Waze. Right. There's so many different ways that you can, no, no pun intended, two ways, uh, that you can consume this information, but it's all at your fingertips across a multitude of uh, apps, services, uh, and they make it as easy as just typing into Safari, Spotlight, Search, uh, you know, clicking on a calendar invite, things like that. So definitely seeing a lot of fragmentation, a lot of impact in the, in the, in the actual industry. Uh, itself. And, you know, again, it's giving birth to a whole new set of industries that never existed before. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you bring that up. I never really thought of Tinder being a, a location based app, but that, that makes total sense at the end of the day, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't think that, but I think it also pioneered, uh, I, I, I also pioneered sharing of location information. 
Uh, I think before that, uh, there were very few apps where people were very apt to turn on location services. Hmm. But you know, as as these new industries, as these new services have come on board, I think location sharing has just become normal. Uh, yeah. You know, it used to be that people valued all the privacy, but with the new generation of millennials, even you know myself at the ripe age of twenty one, uh, I'm obviously joking. Uh, you know, it, location sharing has become ubiquitous at this point. So you know, everybody has it turned on, and it's because again they. The experiences in these apps have gotten so much better, uh, and the the context has gotten so much better and accurate uh, that you know people are willing to turn that on to be able to consume accurate information. Right, that's fantastic. So that gives me a whole new way of looking at things. So, from an SEO perspective, I'm, right? So I'm just here to blow your mind, Lauren. That's what I'm here for. I hope so. So, from an SEO perspective. Um, you know, and of course, it's SEJ, right? So we talk a lot about SEO. Um, I noticed that, you know, with some of my clients, some brick and mortars and, and, and especially um, uh, schools, right? Schools and universities. We noticed about a year ago that um, there was a, a fast acceleration in or transition from desktop into mobile. And not only that, but around the same time, we also saw a dip in organic search-oriented traffic to the website. So I had a client call me, freaking out, and I looked at everything, and I'm like, well, you still rank for everything, and you still rank really high in uh, the local pack. You're still where you should be top of fold, but your mobile traffic is skyrocketed. And when you search for your business name, they do a lot of commercials and radio and stuff like that. So when you search for your business name on the mobile, now Google gives people three options. First, the call, second directions, and then third, yep. click the site, right? So at the time, Google yep. My Business had a little bit of data around that, and they've been getting better. But what it really did was it brought, for, for me, from, 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 from an SEO perspective, it brought a whole new set of KPIs and a whole new after the fact, like how to measure the action that came from performing that same search, which used to go to the website, right? Which really changed stuff from the way that, that I work with that client and other clients. Um, but it also changes the way that from a, I, I search personally, right? So, you know, could you go into that a little bit? Like, Google not necessarily just being a, a list of 10 blue links anymore. Yeah, so I think, uh, A, you're absolutely right. Uh, the acceleration, I give, uh, give Google, the Google My Business team, a lot of credit in the past year, a couple of years. They have, they have really taken hold of that product and accelerated its uh, adoption and then also innovation. Um, and you're absolutely right. If you search for something like dentists, dry cleaners, any type of service, uh, medical, healthcare, any type of service, any, any type of, you know, banks, ATMs, the results that you're going to get, and let's just talk Google for now. Uh, yes. If you do any type of search, the result that you're going to get is a local pack. Uh, because Google automatically knows that you're trying, again, I want to. Uh, it's a micro moment. You want to do something. And they're trying to shorten that search cycle as long, as much as possible, so that you're able to get to the answer as fast as possible. So if you do any type of searches like that in Safari, in Spotlight, uh, even in voice, uh, what you're going to get is just local results. And this is a huge deal for SMBs because it now exposes you or your brand or, or product or service uh, immediately as somebody is searching for some type of product and service. Uh, another thing that Google has done is that they have actually accounted for the fact that near me is already part of your search. Uh, right. Before it was, <clears throat> you have to say, dry cleaners near me, but now, you know, with the advent of the mobile phone, uh, if you're doing it on a mobile phone, they automatically assume the fact that you're looking for a dry cleaner near me. Uh, yes. It would be very interesting or a weird use case if somebody's looking for a dry cleaner a thousand miles away. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Arizona right now. I don't think I need a dry cleaner in New York. Uh, so I think kudos to Google for assuming all these things and making that search experience way more valuable uh, for the consumer, but also for the small business by giving all those CPAs, right? So I can get directions, I can get, uh, I can call, I can go to the website. 
Uh, ultimately, let's be honest, a, a lot of these small businesses, they just want a phone call, right? Uh, yep. What they really want is they want That's more money want to, to end, the, end the month with and to start with. Um, so yeah, I think what, what, what we've seen and you know what the Google My Business team is doing is basically a lot of oh, Google search will return local results, products and services. They will account for near me. And they also account for you know modifiers like uh, best restaurant or best high restaurant. And that automatically assumes that you're looking for something with X stars or above, a Thai restaurant that is also near you. Think about all those modifiers and all you have to type was best Thai food. Google yep. automatically does all this for you in the background and brings the best Thai food that is rated maybe four stars or above within a mile from you uh, that you can go visit or call or get a reservation right now. So, yeah. and, and on top of that, they've also adopted uh, a whole new set of uh, structured data and uh, basically helping consumers consume data uh, with the use of structured data uh, in a very, very seamless experience. So yeah, and, and, and Google's ability to push out those cards has, first of all, it's amazing. Like, uh, you know, I, I have the same routine. I'm a hermit. I'm home most of the time when I'm not traveling and I go to the same places, right? So. I'll go to like Albertsons or like the bank or something like that. And then I'll just get a notification as soon as I get back to my car that, Hey, it's going to take me eight minutes to drive back home because of traffic. Right. But then when I go somewhere where um, I typically is typically is not on my, not my normal to my normal route. Um, and I park my car, Google will alert to me that, Hey, your car is parked at such and such intersection which totally blows me away. So now we're talking about things like, you know, hey, if I'm continuously going to a Thai food place or a massage parlor or a laundromat or wherever it may be, Google knows that that's where I like to go. That's where I like to eat. I can have ads sent to me and pushed to me for um, possibly different locations, which is something that like Foursquare and Yelp are doing to, to an extent right now. So it's, it, it, there's really a, a wealth of, of new growth there. And, you know, I remember those days when retargeting was controversial, you know, talking about the whole talking about the whole like privacy thing, like the days when retargeting and, and um, you know, uh, uh, targeting based on behavior started. I think it was Almanet was one of the first companies to bring that out. It was a huge controversial topic. And now it's just part of everyday life. Um, on top of that, I remember uh, reading a study that Google put out recently, which may be the same as the uh, mapping impact study that you're discussing in sales study, was that there's been a significant decrease in people utilizing the words near me and utilizing zip codes in their queries because Google has made it, has been able to alter user behavior so they know that when they're searching, they don't have to put that information in there any longer. Um, yep. which is kind of interesting, again, from an SEO perspective, because right. if I get on a call with a, a client or someone and they're like, oh, we got to put every single zip code, uh, you know, in the area so people find our business. Like, no, you don't need to do that. People don't search like that anymore. Dude. I think and that's the beauty of location services being ubiquitous, right? Like uh, the, right. these apps that have made it necessary to have it turned on because they provide so much value at the end of the day. I don't turn off location services because it just improves my life, makes me so much more productive as a consumer, as a person. That now you can lay on, you can lay on top of that. Uh, I think another thing is that you know Google's also made a lot of other things a lot easier to search for, like events, menus, products, and services, because they have adopted structured data and schema to be able to present answer boxes and answers as soon as possible. Like if I'm searching for, you know, a, a certain type of concert or a certain type of, you know, uh, where's the best happy hour, you know, where can I get X type right. of product? Like I just want, um, you know, a certain type of product on Google for that. Like if there's menus that are on your website that have structured data, they're not able, that, that small business is not able to serve that consumer that is looking to buy something or do something with that service. Right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too. So like I tried just to tell a story um, about every time I use E24, something bad happens. And E24 customer service is great. So as you know, um, it was Yelp owned, but I think it was recently acquired, right? Um, did Grubhub recently buy that from Yelp? E24 is part of, uh, I think it's Yelp. 
It's Yelp. Okay, so um, when I order something on E24, right? Really cool interface. It's fantastic. I order it and it says it's going to be to my hotel room or house in like 30, 45 minutes. So really happy. Sometimes when I travel with family, I'm ordering something for my kid, right? Because I don't want to order off of room service for a kid. So um, I pay triple the amount. So I'm waiting and then like it doesn't come. So I hit up uh, E24 customer service and I'm like, hey, can you contact uh, this restaurant and see what the status is. And they, they, they typically do, they'll call and they'll come back saying, Oh, they never processed it. Or, Oh, you know, they say it's on the way or whatever it is. So it seems like in terms of the, you know, information communication lifespan there, everything is happening on the digital level. And then the fumble of, you know, the balls fumbled pretty much between some of these smaller businesses being able to take these orders and um, place them from various different locations, right? So I think this is gonna lead to a snatch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's done everything perfectly for me and it's handed it you off to the small a good service and a good product at the end of the day. I think and that's where yeah. reviews come in really handy. I think uh, for us, like what we're seeing is, you know, as you talk about, by the way, E24 was Grubhub, I was wrong. Um, I think when we go back to the concept of, you know, what we call intelligent search, uh, and that means products and sort of, uh, platforms like Google, Apple Maps, Yelp, Facebook, Uber, E24, uh, think about all the proliferation of location data across all these apps. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. We're, what we're seeing is that, you know, your website, and you mentioned that, you know, the website traffic for your one-year clients went down. Uh, and what we see is that, you know, we're seeing uh, two to five X more views off the website across these other platforms that yeah. small businesses aren't even aware of. Their brand is being looked up on Google Maps. Like, do you have the right profile image? Uh, are local guides and other people submitting your images without your knowledge and they're not probably the best images? Uh, you know, are you aware of these things? Because thousands and thousands and millions and millions of people are on these platforms searching for you um, and for us it's like you know again our going back to our mission we want to give uh, our clients control over that so that you have the right profile image uh, let's say you're a plastic surgeon you probably want to have the best images possible right and not something that's botched uh, so these these are the types of things that you know I, I, I think for the audience here is to be aware of that you know if you like if you shake your Google Maps app right in your uh, on your iPhone you can actually suggest edits Anybody can do I this. Know that. I know uh, yeah, so all these, uh, you know, again, all these services have a, a feedback mechanism where any any Tom, Dick, or Harry can uh, add suggestions or edits. Uh, and for us, you know, we want to and make sure that brand is able to control that, so that somebody else doesn't change your address, your hours, or add images that aren't uh, relative to your business. I've seen. I've looked up businesses where you know it could be a restaurant and you see a boutique or a uh, a museum picture, right? It's totally not relevant. It's not even the right business. Yeah. Uh, and these edits up there. So uh, a uh, a business has to be in control and brand has to be control of their um, their digital knowledge is what we call it. And another thing is that you know as they switch to mobile and these other platforms, that you know we see almost five times more engagement on something like Google Maps and Apple Maps and Yelp and Facebook. Because again, it's very relevant information. And if you think about that knowledge graph or the knowledge card, when a local result comes up in Google Map, it's it's a picture, it's the name, it's the address, it's the phone, it's the hours, everything I need to make a decision. Right? So it's yeah. very succinct. And that's why and that's when you say there's a driving direction, there's a phone call, there's a website. Very limited options. Humans, like the more limited options we have, the better off we are uh, when it comes to these types of uh, conversion mechanisms. So uh, again, a service like that, A, gets a ton more traffic, B, uh, a brand should be in control of it, and C, they get much more engagement because the information is extremely relevant to what you're looking for. Yeah, so just adding to my story, right? Um, my client received less traffic to the, their site, but a spike in phone calls, like a, a huge spike in phone calls, right? So what we had to do on the back end was make sure that everything to help, it was kind of difficult to attribute the spike in phone calls 
back to SBO, SEO, they have a whisper service, right? Where they ask the question, like, where did you find this or whatever? Um, while the person is waiting to be connected to their sales team. But um, the fact that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, with with the, the NAP, name, address, phone, equation, um, with organic, we currently don't have the ability to use tracking phone numbers at the moment. Am I correct there? So I think it depends. I think if you have that phone number, uh, it depends on how you use it. Uh, it could right. be, uh, you know, you could you can have a local phone number and also a tracking phone number. Uh, it depends on like what property you want to use it on. But yeah, I think there are places that do allow for that. But it has to be consistent, right? So the, the goal is to have consistency across the ecosystem because you don't want 40 different phone numbers across 40 different properties because that causes a ton of confusion. And this is not just from a Google perspective. It's also from like a user experience perspective. Right. Uh, you know, if I'm seeing like a triple eight phone number and I'm a local consumer and you're like, you know, a quarter mile away from me, I know you're right there. Like, why am I calling the triple eight number? Uh, and sometimes users hesitate uh, to do those things. So just just things to be cognizant of from a user experience perspective. Yeah, I think CallRail recently put out a study saying that local phone numbers got three times as many click throughs as toll free yeah. as well. It makes sense. As humans, we avoid uncertainty, right? We want certainty and we don't want uncertainty. So I think when we see something that's my zip code, my area code, that's me. And I'm going to I'm gonna tend to call that rather than think that I'm going to go to a call center that's maybe in another state or another region. Exactly, exactly. So, Raj, I mean, you brought up the, the – when we talked about it a little bit, uh, the knowledge graph and knowledge cards and Google giving businesses the ability to have your controlled – business information and oriented data at the top of the results, the top of the mobile results, right? Right panel, right, 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 right panel um, on the desktop, but on mobile, it, it's the first scroll. So what's the importance well, actually, actually, even, even on desktop, it, what's it's that? part of the main results. Even on the desktop, it's part of the main results. Right. So if you look at the search, when it comes up, if you search dry cleaner on the desktop, you'll still see local results. Uh, because again, I think you might have location turned on because of your IP. Uh, Google will know that you know you're in Phoenix or you're in LA uh, or you're in certain uh, regions. Uh, so there's still a semblance of local results on desktop. So it's not just mobile. This is this is this is, uh, is consistent across uh, devices and it's agnostic to devices. Gotcha, gotcha. So why would for our beginners out there or maybe some small business owners? Why is taking care of the knowledge graph important for that brand? Yeah, so knowledge graph, I mean, if we step back a little bit, this is basically an entity that's like fundamental to your business. So if you own a restaurant, right, for example, uh, and you need to list your menu and your location so that Google will know uh, the menu items and hopefully the eatery like shows up in the results if a consumer searches for, let's say, pancakes. Uh, Similarly, for a bank, those uh, those entities might be like branches or ATM locations. Uh, for healthcare, it might be you know the provider name, uh, in types of insurance that accept that, that's accepted. So these are largely entities or attributes for a type of business. Uh, for retail, it could be holiday hours, seasonal sales. Um, so it's largely basically entities that make up who you are. Uh, if you think about uh, a supermarket, right, they probably want to show up for something like groceries. So category is also an entity at that point. Uh, but a knowledge graph is largely who you are, and those entities are basically granular uh, attributes that describe who you are. Uh, and this could be like a repair shop, right? But repair shop is not enough. It could be that you do oil changes. Uh, you do brake service. So these are all entities in knowledge graph that describe what the business is, uh, what it does, uh, not necessarily how it does it, but it, it defines all these things. So like if I'm, uh, uh, you and I are both parents, right? And I don't want to go to, if I want to take my kid out for dinner, I want to find a place that good for kids. Uh, so sometimes I'll do a search for that, restaurant that is good for kids. Yep. And boy, if you're a restaurant that is good for kids, you want to make sure in Google, like your listing and all the other listings that you have that selection check that, hey, we are good for kids. And boy, you if you're a nightclub or a restaurant that is not good for kids, you want to make sure that is unchecked. 
And as a consumer, that's the last place I want to end up because I don't, I don't think I want bottle service with my kids around. But I do want to have a nice, you know, buffet with my kids or something else where it's a nice yeah. family. That's a, that's, something like that, right? Yeah, that's important. Or like, you know, if Wi-Fi is available or if it's wheelchair accessible, these are all yeah. very important things. If you're like a metro area in New York where I spend a lot of time, is parking available? So these are all part of the knowledge graph that help enhance your brand value to the consumer. And it's important to have that the same across the board. So if I'm doing, typically for me, I'll do my restaurant searches on open table. So I get open table points, right? And then use those towards whatever. So even like if I'm, no, I'm on the way to the restaurant and I go to Red Robin, I'll do a reservation at Red Robin just to get like a hundred uh, um, open table points. Anyway. Um, Lots of open table things. Yeah, best thing ever, right? So. You want to make sure that the information that you're giving to Google, you're giving everywhere else, right? Because on open table, I would imagine you'd want to have things like, yeah, Wi-Fi, good for kids, parking available, uh, wheelchair accessible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and have that information uniform across the board. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, just for restaurants. If you think about, like, food, like, uh, you know, uh, healthcare, like, against insurance accepted, what kind of insurance, the financial services, like, agents' bios, right? Like, what certifications do they have? Like, if they're a financial services person or if they're, like, a, uh, you know, somebody that helps you with financial planning. Like, I, I want to make sure they're certified. Uh, I want to make sure they have their Series 7, whatever certification else they need. If it's a if it's a retail, uh, like, if it's, like, H&M or some other type of retail giant, like, uh, you know, if it's holiday season, like, I want to know if they're still open. Uh, yeah. I mean, we still haven't tackled all the hours. Hours are still something that boggles my mind that a lot of brands have still not tackled. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's one of the easiest things to take care of, um, uh, especially during holidays, uh, especially if you look really, really, really depend on foot traffic. That's, that's, that's interesting. And then also um, two problems I always have. Well, one I have is a problem besides all of my other issues. But the other one I have around this time of year is, um, first of all, when I'm searching for banks, um, I'll search for a bank in my area, like when, if I'm out of town, like, right? If I have to drop by or whatever, um, say to get something notarized, whatever it may be, right? So um, I'll end up driving to an ATM machine because it says US Bank or it says whatever bank. So one, the ability to differentiate ATMs from real bank branches, which I think has been more or less done or completed or they're getting better. But then two, and I wrote a story about this like five or six years ago, are pop-up stores. So right now it's Halloween season and there's going to be Spirit Halloween and other Halloween pop-up stores popping up everywhere. And what, one thing I noticed is that Sometimes when you're not in Halloween season, if you do a search for Halloween costumes, you'll see addresses of Spirit and other Halloween companies that do pop-up stores. And it's not just during Halloween. There's pop-up stores around Valentine's and Christmas, especially like as you get closer, like in the New York area, right? There's pop-ups, you know, left and right. So um, how can businesses avoid that uh, in terms of, like that pop-up store may be something completely different, right? And you don't want to have people going there looking, be looking for costumes. Like say, say it's St. Patty's Day, I'm looking for a leprechaun costume. So I don't want to drive to a place that's empty or that's something else now that used to be a, a spirit uh, costume. So uh, what do I do to take that down across the board too, right? Because as a business, I've put those up because I want people to come into my business while I'm doing pop-up stuff around a holiday or special event. But when it's down, is there a way to turn that off? Yeah, and I think this is this is I think one of the biggest perils of local search is that there's there's been so much noise created, and there's been so many duplicates created, and there's been so many businesses that have been created that were never then let go or deleted or like removed. I don't want to say deleted because I don't think there's ever a chance that you can delete something because there's so many different data sources and there's so many compilations happening that there's no such master record. Uh, that, you know, if you're here, it cascades everywhere. Um, I think for what we see is that, you know, for a small business or any type of business that has done their own marketing or married and divorced like 10 different marketing agencies, uh, they tend to, all these agencies tend to create a ton of work. But yeah. when you leave the agency, they never go back and they let us clean all that up before you leave us. Um, so I think for like where we, 
our, our position with the X is that, you know, again, it's all about control. So somebody like a, you know, like a Halloween store is a perfect example. You know, in New York, it could be museums, it could be retail, it could be, uh, you know, somebody that just is like a two month type of thing uh, and puts up a museum. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the goal should be that if it starts on October 1st and it ends on October 31st, you'll be able to open it and then close it uh, within that time, uh, that time span. And then, uh, Again, with Yaks, like we want to make sure that control is there so that you're able to drive customers there and then let them know or let all the properties like, you know, the services like Google, Bing, Yahoo, know that, hey, this is now closed because it was seasonal. So seasonal sales are something that, you know, we, we love to tackle because it's something that uh, I think it's been a big gap in, in local search, uh, especially when it's shut down. Not necessarily when it's up and running, but the ability to be then able to say like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Don't come here anymore because there's no leprechaun costumes. Uh, you know, it could be something else. Uh, you know, and then you don't want to show up there with a leprechaun costume because uh, it just that's not good for anyone. Yeah, especially yeah, if you're six point five. five. <laughs> no, no. No. At the same time, um, at the same time, one thing I noticed when I did the same thing was like uh, coin. So let me ramble a little bit here, and we'll get into the next topic. Um, so I was working for a costume company that did not have those pop-up stores, but what they did have um, around that time of year, they um, had a certain amount of space that they leased in existing stores, right. To sell their costumes. So say like maybe a, a target or something like that would be where they would have that space. Like CVS has now a targets, for example. And um, the case that I tried to use at the time to set up local listings, in Google was that Coinstar, if you do a search for Coinstar, typically uh, you will, at the time, I'm not sure about now because I haven't had to use a Coinstar for a little while. I haven't cleaned up piggy bank recently. But um, if you search for Coinstar, it would show you Coinstar machines, which are basically vending machines um, uh, in different supermarkets. So that was my case, my case that I used to try to I uh, get the, the listings there. It didn't work out, but um, anyway, uh, just reminiscing. So uh, it looks like, um, okay, you're back. Hey, hey, you're moving now. I'm awesome. not sure what happened there. Yeah, awesome. So uh, cool. Um, enough about that. You know, the one thing too is that, okay, so I do a search for restaurants that are good for kids, right? Or hotels that are good for kids or restaurants with great Wi-Fi. And sometimes I go way beyond the knowledge card and I look at the results and I'll see like a trip advisor result where someone is doing a review of the Wi-Fi in a hotel or whether or not the hotel had a kid, kid watching service um, or uh, a review of the Wi-Fi in the restaurant. And what I'll do is I'll scroll down and I'll click that review because I want to see, and then I have to do it like a find control find for Wi-Fi once I get to the Yelp page or whatever. Um, but I want to see, I know that Wi-Fi might be listed on the card, but then I'd like to see as a user, if someone's doing a review of the Wi-Fi, is that a review of good Wi-Fi, bad Wi-Fi, how is that experience, et cetera, et cetera. So why do reviews matter beyond that for business owners in local search? Yeah, I think this is, this is a topic that's obviously been debated a lot, right? Um, and word of mouth is not all digital. Uh, if you think about it, you know, Yelp was the stalwart that started all this. And then now we have Yelp. You mentioned TripAdvisor. And in, 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 in travel, there's some booking.com. Everybody has their own reviews platform. Google and Facebook have their own reviews platform now. Uh, and they're, they're pushing it aggressively, Google with local guides, uh, right, to, uh, to get a lot more reviews. Yelp with its elite that they kind of pioneered the whole uh, industry. Um, and, you know, to kind of like level set why it's important, you know, if you think about like 60% of consumers actually say that star rating is an important factor in purchase decision. Uh, I actually think that's low. I think, I think it's, it's probably a lot higher than that. Um, and then 87% of consumers don't even consider a business that uh, has like an extremely low amount of reviews. Uh, so it's, a, it's paramount for a business uh, to do two things, and it's twofold. One is that, you know, encourage your customers, especially the happy ones, folks that you know, loyal ones, the local ones, 
uh, to leave reviews. Um, don't incent them for it. That gets into a total different uh, world, but encourage them. Uh, right. And then uh, respond to them. I think a lot of, a lot of uh, small business owners or just business owners in general don't respond to reviews. It's great to put a human response to something like, hey, they did a great job. So I, I think it's uh, as a small business owner, as a GM, it's up to me to go in that review and say, thank you so much. And next time you're here, come and say hello. Right? It's, it's very important to make it human. And I think that's where you really separate yourself from uh, a lot of the review spam uh, and where people are like, oh, this might be game. There's way too many reviews, way too fast. But if you see a human responding to that, I think it, it, it elevates your game to a, a point where somebody's like, wow, they actually care about who they are and their customer. You know, that's very true because more than often I see businesses, hotels, restaurants. And by the way, Raj, you might want to reset your camera again. Um, sorry, everybody. We're having a little bit of uh, um, uh, Raj getting stuck in conversation uh, image issues going on. But uh, the audio is good. So let's go. So um, you're great. So uh, what I see a lot of is hotel owners, restaurant owners only responding to negative reviews on TripAdvisor and, and Yelp, right? Um, and only concentrating on cleaning up the fires and not necessarily, it, it's, it, it, it's like the emphasis is on the people that are probably not gonna come back to the restaurant versus the people that had a great time, enjoyed the food, enjoyed the service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So your recommendation right there for people to respond to positive reviews is an actionable item that any business owner listening to this right now or SEO can get into. Another thing we have not discussed is the ability for um, Google My Business, uh, businesses now to uh, send out messages and offers via Google My Business. Is that something yeah. you've, you've done much I of? I think this is actually just, uh, they, they released Google Posts via Google My Business uh, through their UI. Uh, which means if you log in, you can post uh, uh, messages. It's a great way to amplify what you do. It's basically on your listing or your knowledge card. You can create your own post and say, hey, this sale is happening, or even share a review that was left in the post. Again, it's just kind of reusing the content that you already have. So it doesn't have to be everything that's brand new. You don't have to think through all this new types of content. You already have it. Uh, it could be that, you know, we have a brand new dish for the restaurant. We have brand new sale for this retail store. Or we're open X amount of hours now. Or we just improved Y because of you told us that the X was wrong. So there's lots of ways you can use Google Posts to engage um, consumers and people that are searching for your product and service. I know we just rolled this out yesterday, so it's very timely that, you know, so brands can actually take advantage of this. Uh, so uh, I think it's I think it's frankly one of the most powerful things GMB has done to be able to have conversations uh, with uh, with consumers and they also just rolled out Q and A, which is another great uh, feature that you know if, if I have questions about a certain type of business and they hear all those questions over and over and over, it's it's a good candidate to add to the Q and A so that uh, again remove uncertainty. So that somebody that is uncertain, they're able to get that answer and able to then transact with you. Is Brad, did Bradley Horowitz move over to Google My Business from G Plus? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. But it seems like to me, Google's finally gotten something right in terms of social and interaction after no, we, years. And we work with their product, and they have 100. percent I mean, it's amazing what they've done with Google My Business. I think, and we work with their product team, and I'll tell you, in the last couple of years, it's been, they're, they're just light years ahead, and they're just making some incredible changes, and I think they're, it's directly, you know, in Silicon Valley, like we always say, you want to change everything for the better, you want to do all this, I think they're directly impacting everybody's lives by creating a better user experience on maps, uh, removing uncertainty, and then uh, exposing, you know, all the good that small businesses do. Uh, for GDP and this country and for consumers uh, themselves. Yeah, and you just brought up some more actionable items. So not only the responding to positive reviews, but something that listeners and um, can do right now 
say if you're a restaurant or you're a franchise, a restaurant franchise, um, you're managing a restaurant franchise account, something like Seasons 52 that continuously updates its menu, right? The ability to utilize those Google My Business posts to let people know that you have an updated menu or updated menu items or seasonal specials or daily specials. I mean, some of my favorite restaurants have new specials by the day, especially places that are farm the table or whatnot. So the ability to do that and update those users and differentiate yourself from wherever you are in the knowledge card and in, in the local pack, whatever you want to call it, you could be ranking a number two or number three and still be able to get that attention. Right. And that's what we're all looking for at the end of the day. And it shows engagement too. Right. And I think it's a good litmus test is that if you make any type of update to your, I want to say knowledge graph, right? Because it's all the content, name, address, phone, hours, whatever it is, ask yourself, will this make me more money or get me more customers? And if that answer is yes, make a post for it. Especially if you're like changing addresses, changing hours, changing our website, adding something new, changing something that wasn't right. Now it is right. I think all those are questions that you have to ask yourself. Like, is this something that'll make me money? And then yes, if it is, then yes, make a Google post it or get your engagement. Nice. Okay. So we have a couple minutes left. Um, if anyone is on live right now on Facebook live, this is your chance to ask Raj vice president at Yext and the GM of geomarketing, a local search or local SEO question. So we basically have the king of local search on right now. And here it goes. Um, so if I have a Jim asks, so if I have a customer with multiple locations and they want to change your hours from the upcoming for the upcoming holidays. So maybe this person represents 10 locations, a hundred locations, whatever it may be. Um, how easy it is, is it to use a tool like Yext to set that up knowing that holiday season is only a month away? Yeah, so I think the, A, that's a good question because it is coming and it's something that we see a lot in our platform where we see, uh, you know, hours being updated. I mean, it's as easy as, uh, you know, adding the hours and then saying, apply this to all of my locations. Uh, you could do it regionally. It just depends on how you have your uh, brand marketing set up. It could be that you have four regions and each one of those regions has different hours. Uh, but it's, it's, it's largely the concept of having holiday hours, uh, which are separate from your normal hours. And okay. if you reset holiday hours, that should basically override your normal hours and say for this timeline, this is the new set of hours and apply them to all and then oh, syndicate it everywhere and then make sure that is published everywhere. Uh, so setting it is one thing. I think getting it published is a whole other thing, which is, you know, something that's near and dear to our hearts to make sure that, you know, we want to get this information out too. It's, there's no point in doing all this and then praying that all the information gets out. Uh, you have to make sure it gets out because the two hours extra that you're open, you're paying people, you're paying staff, you're doing marketing, you're doing yeah. all this spend. But then if you're not making sure this information actually gets out, I think it's a, it's a, it's a huge miss uh, on any marketing team uh, to make sure that those extra two hours per day, per week, per month is actually getting you a return so that people, especially if it depend on the, uh, again, on foot traffic. Yep. And again, as a consumer, if, 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 if it's almost like if, if I'm doing my Christmas shopping the day before Christmas Eve and I'm getting off work at nine o'clock, you know, eight o'clock in the evening, nine o'clock, and I'm searching for stores that are open so I can go buy my, my kids something. Um, and your listing says that you close at regular times and your competition says that you're open until midnight. I'm going to your competition then and there. And you can have people standing around waiting and wondering why no one is going to their department store, even though it's open later. The day before. And I can promise you when kids want something, we get that for them. Yes. That's what we do. That's what we do. So, oh, one question about that, by the way, before we move on to the next question is if I'm in your, um, if I'm in your system and I set that up for one holiday season, is that saved? to be automatically launched the next holiday season from a seasonality perspective? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it is um, that, you know, you can kind of engage and then disengage and then re-engage it again. Excellent. 
Okay. Next question. Another extra-oriented question from Tracy. So Tracy Munn. Hi, Tracy. Asks, does Yext, does Yext enable the same Google post to be published across multiple GMB, Google My Business listings? Example, she may manage 70 franchises. So if those 70 franchises want to put out the same post, is it possible to use a, t a tool like Yext, given your announcement that you said came out yesterday, um, to manage those posts across all of those locations with the same message? Yeah, so I think uh, I, I, I want to be careful when I answer this. Uh, I think the, the short answer is yes, but like at the same time, make sure that it's a broad enough message that you're not kind of spamming all your locations or your uh, franchisee. Uh, that, you know, again, uh, what we see is it depends on how you have everything set up. If you have by region, by language, by product, by service, it just depends on how everything is set up. Um, with great power comes great responsibility is yeah. how I'm gonna answer that. Yeah. Uh, is, if it's something that's brought all locations are now open till 12 a.m. or something for holidays, you know, perfect right. example. But right. if it only applies to 10 of them, then, you know, do it for those 10 uh, and then not necessarily for all of them and make sure it does apply to all those and make sure that your franchisees or your location GMs and people also know that you're doing this. It's critical to make sure that the downstream, that everybody knows that you're doing this and then uh, ask people how they found you. And if they say Google Post, then, hey, you're doing an awesome job. You're right. That's the one thing I was thinking. If you are a franchise, make sure your franchisees know that you're going to be putting that out because they're going to have people walking in the door asking about something that they saw or they're going to have someone answering those questions or whatever it may be, and they need to know. So that's a very good tip. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, the beauty of, and the beauty of this, and just to extend what Tracy asked, is that you can create CTAs as well, right? So you could right. say, like, you know, book, shop, learn more, sign up, get offer. Uh, you can also create now and post it later, right? So there's a way to kind of set up all this stuff too. So that, that. you don't have to write then there. So you can kind of like set up campaigns in a way. Uh, so think to start thinking of this as a way, another campaign that you can do or a tactic uh, as campaign so that you can amplify using Google uh, all the changes that you're making or, or the stuff that's coming up. Yeah, you know, I think we should probably do a follow-up um, Facebook Live slash podcast about Google My Business, like the amount of stuff that they're rolling out right now. Yeah. Um, I think in the new year, we should definitely, because I can imagine them rolling out more around holiday season, definitely, right? So um, we'll talk about something in the new year. I think we could spend 45 minutes just talking about Google My Business. So, oh, easily. Again, thank you for the question, Tracy. Really appreciate it. Raj, it's been great, my man. Um, Always good talking to you. Always good hanging out with you. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about Yext and then also your upcoming Onward event, please. Yeah, so I think, uh, again, I think just to recap, you know, our, our mission is, again, put brands and businesses back in control of traditional knowledge. And that additional knowledge is your name, address, phone, hours, product, services. Think of all the attributes in the knowledge graph. We want to make you and we want to put you in control of that and then not just put you in control, but make sure that information is everywhere and it's accurate. Uh, the other thing is, and uh, Lauren is coming to this event, is that our flagship conference is coming up called Onward uh, on November 1st through 3rd in New York City. Uh, super excited about that. We've got some amazing, amazing speakers. We've got the original Jedi, Mark Hamill speaking. Uh, so when you have Luke Skywalker, you know, the force is already with you. Uh, and then, you know, great keynotes from uh, Facebook, Amazon, HubSpot, just super, super excited to get that going. Uh, and, you know, big, big agencies, you know, like DexYP after their merger, you know, what is their plan? You know, I know Joe Walsh, great CEO, and he's, you know, he's, he's dr driven like a uh, completely print business into digital. And so we'll have talks like that as well, where, you know, we're talking to uh, a lot of folks in the ecosystem and uh, our industry uh, as well. So really, really excited for Onward in November. I'm really excited too, not just because I'm speaking and you asked me to speak, which I'm always excited about, and the accommodations. Like I, I can't wait to stay in, in the financial district in New York because I'm usually midtown. But um, also, like looking at the speaker lineup and the topic matter, like what we've discussed today, it's all cutting edge. 
And it's all looking at, I mean, given the name of also one of my favorite books, by the way, it's also what's coming up in the future and not necessarily talking about war stories or what happened or how you could do this. But this, this is, this is all cutting edge topic matter, right? And, yeah. it, and it goes I, beyond I, SEO. It goes beyond, it goes so beyond SEO and search and data. I mean, this is, this is at the end, um, just, it, it, it's a data driven future thinking onward event. Right. And I think so, I, I largely attribute that to, you know, Howard, Howard Lerman, the co-founder and CEO of the team. team. He's a, it's, I've been very lucky to work with some amazing and visionary people. I, I definitely count him in that category. Uh, yes. And, you know, he's, He's always five years ahead of everyone. Uh, I don't know how he does it, but uh, you know, I, I love sitting there watching him speak, and I'm excited for his keynote as well uh, Time because it is always and uh, uh, there'll be some cool stuff coming up. I'm excited. Howard is uh, probably the nicest um, CEO I've ever met in my life, and uh, I haven't seen him since he cut his hair. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, Raj, thank you very much. Thank you uh, for your time today on putting together this Facebook Live slash Search Engine Nerds podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you to our viewers and listeners um, for coming on and subscribing to Search Engine Nerds. We'll be doing a uh, full uh, blog recap along with launching out the podcast and um, possibly a video recap uh, and just let everyone know next time we'll make sure that we have all of our AV stuff in order. But it's, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Anything else you'd like to say before signing off to our search engine nerds? I uh, just want to say thank you for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk. And, you know, if there's any other questions, you know, I'm always on Twitter. It's uh, at R-A-J-N-I-J-J-E-R, Rajnajer. So uh, always love engaging on Twitter if there's any other follow-up questions. And I'm, I'm officially, and I'm officially a nerd now, so this is perfect. Uh, I think you, you made that. Uh, I, I think you were uh, did that a long time ago. So um, anyway, thanks again, Raj. It's been a pleasure, and we'll talk to you later.